Welcome to A Beggar Who Found Bread. I am Brad Alexander. I'm the host, and I'm a beggar. I found the bread of life, Messiah Yeshua, and I want to inform and remind others where this bread may be found. This episode, we have forgotten. Big shout out to the underappreciated Sixpence None the Richer. Sixpence, an alternative rock band out of Texas in the early 90s, and their music has been featured on soundtracks from movies and TV shows. You've probably heard lots of their songs you never knew was them. Their biggest hits were Kiss Me and Breathe Your Name, which that's my personal fave, just saying. They've got this unique sound, and it's really captured by the the sweet, innocent, delicate tone of lead singer Lee Nash's voice. The band, their name was inspired by none other than C.S. Lewis. Yeah, there's a passage in his book, Mere Christianity, which says, It's like a small child going to its father and saying, Daddy, give me six pence to buy you a birthday present. Of course, the father does, and he is pleased with the child's present. It's all very nice and proper. Only an idiot would think that the father is sixpence to the good on the transaction. Basically, Lewis is underscoring the fact that whatever we offer to God, it was never ours to begin with. All we have and all that we are comes from him. Anything we give to our Abba Father, we got from him to start. So there's a little more band name trivia for you, but it's not about the music. It's about the message we have forgotten. So I'd like to take a look at the first chapter of Peter's second epistle as he reminds the followers of Messiah Yeshua of some things. And he acknowledges they have heard these things before, but he will continue to prompt them and stir them with these important teachings. So let's read Second Peter. We'll start at chapter 1. In verse 1, I am reading from the Tree of Life version. Simon Peter, a slave and emissary of Messiah Yeshua, to those who have received a faith equal to ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Messiah Yeshua. May grace and shalom be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Yeshua our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and virtue. Through these things, he has given us his precious and magnificent promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature since you have escaped the corruption that evil desires have brought into the world. Now for this very reason, making every effort, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly love and to brotherly love love for if these qualities are in you and increasing they keep you from becoming idle and unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord yeshua the messiah But anyone who lacks these qualities is blind, nearsighted, because he has forgotten his cleansing from past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make all the more effort to make your calling and election certain. For if you keep doing these things, you will never stumble. 
For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Messiah Yeshua, will be richly provided for you. Therefore, I intend to keep reminding you of these things, even though you know them and are well grounded in the truth that you have. I think it right to stir you up with a reminder, as long as I remain alive in this tent of a body, knowing that my death is soon, as our Lord Yeshua the Messiah has made clear to me. And I will make every effort for you to always remember these things, even after my departure. For we, do not fo- we did not follow cleverly concocted tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, a voice came to him from the majestic glory. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased." And we ourselves heard this voice come out of heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Furthermore, we have the reliable prophetic word. You do well by paying attention to it as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, understand this. No prophecy of Scripture comes about from a person's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever brought forth by human will. Rather, people spoke from God as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh. So this is a strong opening to a letter from the Apostle Paul to believers in Messiah Yeshua. And there is a ton to unpack just in this first chapter. For the purposes of this episode, we're going to focus on some of the earlier verses, having read the whole chapter to maintain context. So in verses 5 through 7, the apostle tells us to add to our faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, brotherly love, and love. It all starts with faith. And this is what Adonai has always insisted of his people, that we trust in him and trust him, observing his words, his commands, by faith in him, and that in our faith we would follow his ways being motivated by love. Love for him, first and foremost, and love for our neighbors. This is the Shema and the Vehafta, the two most important commands, as Yeshua points out to us. Hebrews 11, verse 6, tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please Adonai, as we must believe that he is, and that he rewards those who diligently follow him. What Peter describes in this letter speaks to our diligence in following the ways of Adonai through Messiah Yeshua. Peter says that it is his desire that grace and peace would be multiplied to us in our knowledge of God and the Lord Yeshua. I think it is amazing that we see here, Peter calls us to add things to our faith. We simply add, and God multiplies, multiplying grace and shalom, peace, in our knowledge of him and the Messiah Yeshua. We read that from God's divine power, we receive everything we need for life and godliness. And I certainly believe this references the power we receive 
when the Holy Spirit has come upon us, as Yeshua stated in the book of Acts. We receive all we need for life and godliness. Now, I think the word godliness scares some people as like this unattainable goal. In our own strength, I agree, 100% can't do it. But as a Holy Spirit-filled follower of the Messiah Yeshua, if one declares it is impossible to be godly, that thought and those words of humility diminish and even blaspheme the power of God. It is to say that even God himself is not able to make me godly. Is our human frailty greater than the power of the living God? May it never be. And once again, it's not about our ability to be godly, but his power to lead even the most ungodly person to a place of godliness because of what he has done and his presence in our lives. Godliness is defined as devotion to God and reverence for him and his ways. He has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. He has given them to us. So for us to deny these things is to say that he has not given them to us or that they are insufficient. God forbid we ever say such a thing. He has called us by his glory and virtue. His virtue, which is his uprightness. A gracious act, once more, not of our own strength or ability, but his. He then says, through these things, that God has given us his precious and magnificent promises, so that through those promises, we may become partakers of the divine nature, since we have escaped the corruption that evil desires have brought into the world. Being partakers of the divine nature means that we share the character of God. We reflect that in our lives. This is not supporting the little God doctrine, which we discussed and dismantled in the Say What You Will episode. Scripture dismantles that doctrine. Um, Anyway, that's not what this is talking about. God has done these things that we would reflect his character to the world around us since We have escaped the corruption that evil desires brought into the world. Now, when people, we we read this escape, and I believe that there are many who think this this speaks to eternal salvation, escaping eternal punishment. Personally, I do not believe, it is my opinion that I do not believe that that is what is being referenced here. My understanding of the Jewish understanding of rescue, deliverance, and salvation remembering Peter is a Jew. So this leads me to believe that the corruption which evil desires have brought are the actions and results or consequences of those who live in disobedience or opposition to the ways of Adonai. When we think of the intent from the beginning that God's creation, mankind, would live in a loving faith relationship with him, living according to his ways in this world. Evil desires have corrupted that. And there have been severe consequences because of it. God has provided the way back to the original intent, 
living according to his ways. Messiah Yeshua is the way, and God has empowered us to live in that way by giving us of his spirit to do so. So when we think of escape, as is mentioned here, think of what the uh, Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. No temptation has taken hold of you except what is common to mankind. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape so you will be able to endure it. God provides us the way of escape from the temptation of these evil desires. God has provided the way of escape, of escaping these evil desires, giving into the temptations that are out there. Yeshua is the way and God's spirit enables us to live in it, to follow the way, Messiah, Yeshua. Now, here we get to what we are to add to our faith, as Peter said, because we should all understand, as James said, faith without works is dead. It is fruitless. Okay, And we think of Messiah speaking of trees and branches that are fruitless. What does he say of those branches that they're supposed to be, that they're cut off, not supposed to be, that those branches get cut off and thrown into fire when they are fruitless? They are useless. It is inconsistent with Scripture to declare having faith in God without evidence. And the evidence, as we see, is works. Works which are in line with the Torah of truth, God's word, following his ways. Peter says, to add virtue, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, brotherly love, and love to our faith in God through Messiah Yeshua. Virtue is defined as uprightness, following God's way. We will live in an upright manner when we are following God's way. Knowledge speaks to doctrine and wisdom, knowing in our knowledge of God and our Lord, Messiah Yeshua. And we know this, Yeshua said, his doctrine is not his own, but it comes from Yahweh, the Father. God's doctrine is his Torah of truth, the Torah, the prophets, and the writings. His laws and commands, followed by faith in love. That's his doctrine. Self-control means self-mastery, exercising restraint in things. And the Apostle Paul talks about these things, how he keeps his body under. He masters his body that it doesn't give in to temptations. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do so. And patience means steadfastness, endurance. We have to remember that God is not slack in fulfilling his promises. Patience comes from trusting him that he will do what he says he will do. Not on our schedule, though. We need to trust him. He is faithful. He will do what he says he will do. He is who he says he is. And so patience 
endurance is that trusting in God that he will do these things that he said he will do. Godliness, as we discussed, is devotion and reverence to him and his ways, motivated by the great love he has shown us in reconciling us through the offering of his son, the Messiah, Yeshua. Brotherly love is a fraternal love. Phileo is the Greek word. It's a love for our brothers and sisters because they are our brothers and sisters in Messiah. And then adding to brotherly love, we add love. And the word there that is used is agape, which is a self-sacrificing love, also called benevolence. So Peter says to add all these things and to continue increasing in them, adding them to our faith, because if these qualities are in you and increasing, they keep you from becoming idle and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. Engaging in and developing these qualities keeps us fruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. Again, the unfruitful branches, scary thoughts, they are cut off, thrown into the fire. Peter is encouraging us to be fruitful and to continue being fruitful. Here are the things, the qualities that need to be in you, that you need to be practicing and increasing in these things. And he goes on and he says, back in verses uh, 10 and 11, Therefore, brothers and sisters, make all the more effort to make your calling and election certain. For if you keep doing these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Messiah Yeshua, will be richly provided for you. Doing these things in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Messiah Yeshua, will be richly provided for you. We must continue doing the works of faith. Peter reinforces that anyone who lacks these qualities, virtue, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, brotherly love, and love, is blind nearsighted because such a one has forgotten his cleansing from past sins. If we do not, by faith in Adonai, through Yeshua, engage in these qualities, if they are not a part of our lives, it reflects that we have forgotten our cleansing from past sins, meaning we have become ungrateful, selfish, self-righteous, short-sighted prigs. And relax, I said prigs, P-R-I-G-S. In John chapter 9, starting at verse 39, we read, Yeshua said, For judgment I came into this world, so that those who don't see, my, don't see may see, and the ones who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, We are not blind too, are we? Yeshua said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see. So your sin remains. These Pharisees were short-sighted, thinking they saw because they declare they see based on their own self-righteousness. 
Yeshua says their sin remains. They've forgotten their cleansing from past sins and believe they have a righteousness of their own. That they're doing this all on their own, in their own strength, not based on faith in the living God, motivated by love for the Lord our God and for their neighbor. So the elephant in the studio is virtue, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, brotherly love, and love. All these things come from one place. They come from God, of course. He is the originator, but they are found in the Torah, God's law and commands. That's where they are found. And to reiterate, it is doing these things by faith in God, motivated by our love for him and our neighbor. And it is God who empowers and enables us to do so. Virtue, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, brotherly love, and love. All these things, again, they come from the Torah. Loving God and loving our neighbor. And, and I had a conversation with a friend who, who says that the law, well, the law didn't really tell us how to love our neighbors. It told us things not to do. Don't, you know, don't murder. Don't lie. Don't cover your neighbor's life. It, t- it tells us what not to do, but the, the law doesn't tell us what to do. Read further. Read further beyond the Ten Commandments. Now, I believe it's all encapsulated in the Ten Commandments, but God tells us how we are supposed to love our neighbors. He tells us how we are supposed to take care of the poor, the widow, and the orphan, and how we are supposed to have righteous judgment for all people, the rich and the poor, righteous, judging righteous judgment. It's all in there. God has told us from the beginning how we are to love him and how we are to love our neighbors. And we can do so when reconciled to God through Messiah Yeshua and filled with his spirit, we can live the way he has called us to live. And when we think, think of Yeshua saying that whoever believes in him out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Now, in my own ignorance and short-sightedness, I, I always just pictured kind of water like pouring out of me like a, you know, like a fountain, just water flowing, flowing out of my stomach, right? Because it says out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Well, the, out of the belly is a reference to from our innermost being. And when we think of water, of rivers, not a fountain, think about a river, living water, flowing, following a course and channels. If there were no banks, how would that water flow? Well, it would just go everywhere, right? Without direction. And it would make a mushy, muddy mess. And it would not promote life. Because what would be is a stagnant swamp, really. So very little growth would be there. Very little life would be there. The Torah is the banks of the rivers of living water, providing direction as to how the water flows. We need the Torah, or out of us will become an unnavigable swampland. The Torah, God's laws and commands, provide us the direction we need to live His way, living them by faith in God, motivated by love for Him, which is inspired 
by his great love for us, demonstrated by his offering of Yeshua, his son. While we were yet sinners, Messiah died for us, the scriptures say. There can be no greater motivation than that, what God has done for us, no greater inspiration. As Peter said, Therefore, I intend to keep reminding you of these things, even though you know them and are well grounded in the truth that you have. I think it right to stir you up with a reminder as long as I remain alive in this tent of a body. These reminders are vital to us that we would never become blind, short-sighted, self-righteous, forgetting our cleansing from past sins, what God has done for us through Messiah Yeshua. And there are times when I feel like my sermons and my podcasts frequently end up on, on the same point or on very similar points. Clearly, we need to regularly be reminded of these things that we would not take for granted what God has done and become ungrateful, self-righteous, blind people forgetting the cleansing from our past sins. That it will never be said of us, we have forgotten. May that never be said of us. Messiah Yeshua is the bread of life, satisfying eternally the hungry soul. I'm a beggar. I found this bread. And I want others to know where I found it in the whole of Scripture, from beginning to end. And I know there are well-meaning people who, who like to hand out New Testament, right? Just the New Testament and, and, and give that because, well, that's where, that's where we read of salvation. No, we read of salvation from Genesis through the end of Revelation. I promise you it's there. And focusing on the final two or, or the final third of a book or the final third of a movie doesn't give the fullness of context that is needed. I appreciate people wanting to present and give people Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua. He is in from the beginning to the end. There are no shortcuts. As A.W. Tozer said, nothing less than a complete Bible will make for a complete Christian. Yeah, that's A.W. Tozer dropping some frosty mug sensation right there. The whole of scripture. We need, we need to get it. Get the word out. He is, Yeshua is the bread of life. If you have found the bread of life, well, then let's let others know where we found it, okay? Let's go out and give them heaven. I hope this has blessed you and challenged you. Thanks again for listening, for sharing, for subscribing, all that stuff. I appreciate y'all. Be blessed. Baruch Hashem. Bless the name. And again, go out and give them heaven. Shalom. Shalom.